welcome to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'm Jamie Wagner, registered nurse and gut health coach. I believe that gut health is central to your health and well-being. On the Happy Gut Podcast, we talk about how the gut affects every aspect of your health, including your digestion, skin, hormones, mental health, mood, behavior, cravings, weight, and well, basically everything. If you're struggling in any of those areas, then you're in the right place. Or if you simply want to implement healthier habits so you can live more vibrantly, energetically, and joyfully for a longer time, then you're right where you need to be. On the Happy Gut Podcast, my goal is to empower you with science-backed information so you can fix your gut and live your best life. Let's dive into today's topic. Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to the Happy Gut Podcast. I hope you're having a great start to your week. This episode is going to be a good one and applies to everyone, so let's get into it. Stress. It's constant, right? If you ask someone how they're doing many times besides good, the answer is busy. We are all busy, busy bees on the go all the time and hardly have any time for rest. Our culture has become addicted to the chaos. It's even sometimes called hustle culture or grind culture. Many people are influenced by this, which is the idea that you have to constantly be working and be productive to achieve your goals. We have a ton of obligations, but we also have the pressure of social media, as well as constant news, which is mostly bad news, at our fingertips. The problem with this is stress, especially when it becomes chronic, can be detrimental to your health. It's an incredibly important factor to consider when working on healing. I like to really break things down when I can, so let's start with defining stress. Stress is any physical, mental, or emotional factor that causes tension in the body and creates a fight-or-flight response. You might be thinking of something big happening, like, I don't know, a bear chasing you. But those super scary, stressful situations aren't the only scenarios that create this fight-or-flight response in your body. Stress can be mental or physical, and it can also be real or perceived, meaning something can physically happen to you, which is real, or stress can be mental, maybe not even really physically happening, but your brain perceives something as being stressful. For example, a real physical stressor is that bear chasing you, or a car accident. A mental or perceived stressor might be thinking about the project at work that you need to get done by tomorrow. Both situations are different, but they cause the same response in the body. So now let's talk about what this response looks like in the body. You have a sympathetic and a parasympathetic nervous system response. Your sympathetic nervous system is in charge of the fight or flight response. Your parasympathetic nervous system is in charge of the rest and digest response. When stress is perceived, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in and your hypothalamus tells your pituitary gland to release adrenal hormones like cortisol, the body's main stress hormone. Fight or flight is activated, which increases your heart rate and blood pressure, reroutes your blood flow specifically to your muscles in your brain, and increases blood sugar for fuel. This is all so your body is ready to fight or flee. Norepinephrine is also released, which tells the adrenal glands to make adrenaline, and it increases your blood pressure and your alertness and attention. During fight or flight in the GI tract, the smooth muscles of your intestines contract and blood is diverted from the GI tract to your muscles and brain and digestive enzymes stop flowing. Your production of stomach acid decreases too. Your liver breaks down sugar instead of sending bile to the gallbladder. So digestion is put on the back burner during fight or flight. It's the opposite of rest and digest. 
Stress can also be acute or chronic. Acute stress is normal, but chronic stress is a problem. A big problem. Acute stress is a response to a specific event in the short term. Chronic stress is long-term stress, maybe feeling overwhelmed, anxious, or pressure for a long period of time. You have something called your HPA axis, or hypothalamus-pituitary-adrenal axis, that works to keep your body in a state that responds to ongoing stress by releasing more hormones, like corticotropin-releasing hormone, or CRH, adrenocorticotropic hormone, or ACTH, and cortisol. If these are continuously released, though, it can cause lots of problems like leaky gut, increased inflammation, an altered microbiome, increased belly fat, more food intolerances and allergies, and more. Your body has set points, habitual responses that activate your HPA axis. At low set points, your brain will react with the full stress response, even to small stressors. Your HPA axis allows your body to quickly respond to and then recover from stressful situations, and there should ideally be a healthy and quick rise and fall of cortisol levels. Chronic stress can cause disturbances in the HPA axis, though. Before talking about the dangers of chronic stress, I want to touch on some examples of things that can cause a stress response in the body. Some of them may surprise you. There are some obvious stressors on the body, like trouble in relationships, both romantic, familial, or in friendships, or like stress from a job due to deadlines, coworker interactions, interactions with customers or consumers, the hours and intensity of the job, and more. Other common ones are death or sickness in the family, caring for children or other family members, finances, moving, losing a job, and even just being in school. Other stressors may not be as obvious, though. One common example I see in people, especially women, is under-eating and over-exercising. Not eating enough causes a stress response in the body, and exercising too hard, especially when under-eating, does as well. This is partly why some people have a hard time losing weight, even though they're in a calorie deficit. Chronic stress can cause increased belly fat, high blood sugar, inflammation, an altered gut microbiome, and more, which can impact calorie intake, metabolism, and weight management. Other examples of stressors are eating quickly or being distracted while eating and not leaving problems behind at mealtime, your diet itself if it's high in processed foods, sugar, caffeine, or alcohol, having lots of negative thoughts, lack of sleep, seeing bad news and or conflict on social media, as well as comparison to others on social media, thinking someone is mad at you or being more focused on pleasing others rather than yourself, and there are so many more. I'll give you a little example from my life. So I have a dog that is reactive and anxious, and we are working with a professional dog trainer so that we can keep him in our home for when we have children in the future. The dog himself stresses me out at times, which is a real stressor, but the perceived stress is my thoughts, like, what if he doesn't get better and we have to find a new home for him? Or what if we keep him, have kids, and he hurts one of them? Those thoughts cause a stress response in my body because I'm constantly worrying and I'm anxious about it, even though everyone is safe and doing fine currently. So now I hope you understand kind of what stress is, some examples of stressors that could be happening in your life. Maybe you're kind of making a list in your head of things that could be stressors for you. And hopefully you understand that chronic stress can cause a lot of problems. 75 to 90% of doctor's visits are for conditions or ailments related to stress. 75 to 90%, that's a lot. Can you believe that? Chronic stress can actually lead to increased belly fat or visceral fat. This is because of excess release of cortisol over time. Cortisol increases your appetite as well. 
Visceral abdominal fat produces cytokines that can increase inflammation and increases your risk for cardiovascular disease, poor blood sugar control, depression, and dementia. Chronic stress can also increase risk for food intolerances and allergies because of excess release of histamines during the stress response. Chronic stress can make your gut more sensitive to a food intolerance if you already have an existing intolerance. Leaky gut is another potential consequence of chronic stress. I talked about leaky gut back in episode 4, so if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend going to listen to it. Chronic stress weakens your mucosal barrier in your intestines, causing inflammation and breakdown of that intestinal lining, leading to leaky gut, which can lead to inflammation and uncomfortable symptoms. Chronic stress also causes elevated blood sugar because when fight or flight or your sympathetic nervous system is activated, it increases your blood sugar. Remember I said that before. Cortisol is also released, which prevents your body from producing insulin. This leads to insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is when your body is resistant to insulin, increasing blood sugar levels. It can eventually lead to type 2 diabetes. Chronic stress increases inflammation as well and can impair nutrient absorption. It can also lead to anxiety and depression, among many other issues. Long-term stress also alters your microbiome because it decreases the amount of healthy bacteria in your gut. Another consequence of chronic stress is the increased risk of acid reflux, indigestion, gastroesophageal reflux disease or GERD, and ulcers. Researchers are unsure why this occurs, but it may be because protective lipids or fats are decreased during the long-term stress response. IBS symptoms can also be intensified with chronic stress because there is increased sensitivity in the gut. There's also an increased risk of developing small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO, because your migrating motor, motor complex, or MMC, slows down. Your MMC is the cleanup crew after you're done eating. It gets rid of the residue in the small intestine and moves it to the colon. I won't explain this part in detail in this episode, but just know if your MMC isn't activated properly, it can cause overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine, which is problematic, so chronic stress can cause that problem. And the last consequence of chronic stress that I'll mention is lowered immunity. Your immune function can be suppressed when there is long-term cortisol release. This causes your immune system to be less able to fight off germs and infections. Hopefully at this point, you can see that chronic stress is an epidemic, causing tons of problems both physically and mentally. Stress is inevitable in our lives, but there are steps you can take to manage it and hopefully keep it from being chronic. I want to preface that this is a practice, though. It's not always easy, and it can take time to get these habits nailed down. So be patient with yourself, but be consistent and put in the work if stress is an issue for you. So now I'm going to give you 10 tips for managing stress so that you can avoid the problems that come with chronic stress. Number one is to remove stressors if possible. This might seem obvious, but let's say your job is stressing you out and you're in a place where you can quit and find another one that suits you better. It could benefit your health to take that leap. I understand this is easier said than done, but sometimes it really is that simple. Or if quitting isn't an option, you can try to improve the environment. Maybe you could try going to your boss and talking about what has been stressing you out and ask for help in ways to decrease that stress. That's just one example, and it's not always possible, so that's why you have to manage your response to the stress if you're unable to remove the stressor. This could look like some of the tips I'm going to give you next, like number two, meditation. For me, I like to search for meditations on podcasts, pick one, and do it for at least a few minutes. There are also apps out there that you could use for meditation. 
This really takes practice and it's uncomfortable at first, but it can be incredibly helpful. Meditation helps relax your body, improve your cognitive function and awareness, improves your digestion, and puts you into rest and digest mode, which supports our metabolism and nutrient absorption, helps prevent leaky gut and maintain a healthy gut lining, lowers inflammation, helps lower symptoms of IBS, and so much more. Distractions during meditation are totally normal, though, so don't let that discourage you. It's really a practice. This brings me to number three, breath work. Many of us take quick, shallow breaths, but taking long, deep breaths can reset your stress response and help put you into rest and digest mode. It's helpful to even breathe deeply for one minute. Having a longer extended exhale helps to stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system and lowers your heart rate. Try pausing this and take five to 10 deep breaths and see how you feel after. Okay, I'll give you a second to pause here if you need that. Now, there are many different types of breath work out there, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Try doing this at least once a day, but more if you remember. I especially like to do this before eating a meal because it's so important to get into rest and digest mode around meal times so that your body can really focus on digesting your meal. If you have a hard time remembering to pause and take a few deep breaths, maybe set a reminder in your phone or on your watch or something to remind you to do that. It just takes a minute or so out of your day at the very least. Okay, let's talk about number four, a great way to manage stress and avoid chronic stress. Positive emotions. Positive emotions have actually been shown to lower inflammation. They cause your body to release oxytocin and dopamine. This can look like reframing your thoughts to be more positive. Try catching your negative thoughts and reframing them to be more positive, or at least a little bit less negative. Even laughter and social connection can help lower your stress response in your body. Watch a funny TV show or listen to a funny podcast or hang out with friends that make you laugh. Number five, adjust your diet. Processed foods, excess sugar, caffeine, and alcohol can contribute to chronic stress, so really limit these. Instead, whole foods like fruits and vegetables can help your body manage stress, stabilize your blood sugar, and replenish your vitamin stores. Your vitamin stores can be depleted when you are chronically stressed. And make sure you eat regularly, maybe at least every three to four hours or so, and eat enough. If you want to learn more about the basics of nutrition for good gut health, check out my Food Foundations course. You can find the link to it in the show notes or go to www.itsjamiewagner.com food foundations to learn more. It's a really great place to start to learn what you need to do for eating for good gut health. Number six, exercise, but not too hard. If you're dealing with chronic stress and inflammation, exercise like running, high-intensity interval training, or HIIT, CrossFit, and more can make it worse, especially if you're doing it frequently. Incorporate more walking, yoga, tai chi, bar, and other light exercise if you want to lower your stress response. Some of these exercises actually turn on your parasympathetic nervous system since they include breathing. So you get exercise, but it's not so vigorous that you're activating a big stress response. Number seven is a short and sleep, <laughs> a short and sweet one. It's sleep. So get seven to nine hours of sleep every night if possible. Number eight, take a warm bath or get in a sauna. Bonus, you can do breath work while doing this. Number nine, therapy. Seeing a therapist can be a massive help with improving your mental health and having help to manage your stress and come up with ways to do so. 
I'm a huge advocate for therapy for anyone, not just people that have to work through trauma or things like that. I think every single person can benefit through therapy because a therapist will give you the tools to help manage stressful situations that come your way and work through things in the past that have stressed you out or may continue to stress you out. And number 10, lastly, there are herbs out there that can help lower the stress response called adaptogens, but talk to a doctor before using these. And actually, I'm going to give a bonus number 11. Let's talk about social media. I think it's incredibly helpful to go through your social media and just think about how it makes you feel when you're on it. Are you seeing accounts that make you feel bad about yourself, that push diet culture, that push a certain type of body type, and it's making you stressed out about your workout routine or your diet or things like that? Unfollow those accounts. Maybe even take social media breaks. I think social media breaks are so, so important because there's just so much negativity on social media. Maybe even consider deleting some social media apps from your phone or even deactivating your accounts. I've actually done this with some social media sites, and it's. I just noticed that when my screen time is up, especially on social media, my mental health is down and my stress is elevated. So that's just something to consider if you are open to that option. I hope this episode has made it clear that your mind can influence a physical response in the body and can cause a lot of issues, and I hope I've encouraged you that with practice, it can be regulated and improved. Try taking some of the tips I gave to manage stress and incorporate them into your daily routine. It does take practice. I'm still working on it myself, but it can help to set reminders throughout your day to add them into your daily life. Soon, it'll be a habit to take deep breaths before a meal, or think more positively, or take a walk when you feel stressed. And remember, everyone is different, so what works to manage stress for one person may not work for you. Find what helps you. And I really encourage you, if you are having symptoms, whether they're digestive symptoms or skin issues, the hormonal imbalances that I talk about, trouble losing weight, any of these different symptoms where nothing is really helping, I definitely encourage you not to just look at your diet, although diet's very important, but to look at your stress management. Take some of these tips, start implementing them. It could really, really help you. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. If you liked it, I'd love it if you could leave a positive review. I'd also love it if you shared it with your friends and family, maybe your coworkers, maybe your uh, barista, whoever. You can find all sources and a link to my website in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at It's Jamie Wagner. See you next time.